1: Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame game Show here on Roto-Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. BlenderEd, Blender HD. if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Monday, so you know what we do on Mondays. We bring in James McCool. It's Mondays with McCool, the co-author with me, on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass that you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Devin's here producing early in the morning. We had to, to wake him up, right? He's not used to being, or maybe he's used to being up this early, but just not on this show. Daniel Hutchings is here. What's Oz? Good morning. Doug Montgomery, good morning. Uh, hit that thumbs up button. A new way in the door helps us out. Give me those thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. We got a baseball slate coming up later. So uh, you you hit that, uh, that notification bell. You'll know when Grinders Live comes on, Crunch Time comes on. One long screen, a stream uh, at uh, two hours before MLB lock. And James, uh, I I played uh, MMA this weekend, Mm -hmm. James, and I used, I used your tool.
2: You, you used my tool? Really? I
1: used your tool and and as part of my process.
2: Cool. That's awesome.
1: As part of my process. And I played 150 lineups. Mm -hmm. I, out of all 150 maxers, I was the eighth most in under fives.
2: Awesome. That's rad. That's great.
1: Which is what I aim for. I was out of the top 10. Mm -hmm. I was the least amount of uniques. I only had 43 uniques out of 150. Yeah. But I had 133 under fives or 138, 137, something like that. Yeah. Under fives, which is obviously in a 14 fight slate, it's a little bit easier to be unique. Yeah. But uh. I, I went through I I did my I did I built 300 lineups like I normally do. Uh and then I took the 300 I put it into your put it into your excel spreadsheet and from that 300 I was able to get rid of like 70 or 80 nice lineups like immediately. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely immediately and then from there I paired and then 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 I paired down from there, but that that pretty much got rid of like all of the lineups that would have been like over five dupes.
2: Yeah. Like no. I like,
1: I had like no question of like, okay, that's obvious. That's like, and this is after making a group. So yeah. it's like, I already knew that like certain combinations were going to be used way too much. So I had two groups of like, don't use more, more, no more than one of this. And, and, and at least one, one to three of these people. And it's like, if that combines together, I'm most likely going to be less dupe, but still there were certain combinations that, even like that at like 50. And most of them were at 50,000.
2: Right. Like yeah, 50,000,
1: 49, 9, like that type of stuff. But it, it 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 made it so much quicker for me to just yeah. go eliminate those and then go through the rest. Yeah. And, the, and it's not like the rest were bad. It's just that I could only play 150 lineups. So I need to see like how much Charles Johnson, the biggest underdog. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably not. I don't want to. I don't think I'm going to play him in a quarter of my lineups. Let's let's get rid of some of those, even though they are unique or under five so like even even though the number in and of itself like the predicted uniques uh is not precise it's a, it's actually more precise than my method
2: yeah yeah well and that, that was the big thing right is when i first initially sent it to you it was directionally accurate but not precise at all right like it was just bad and then because of that, I was able to rework it. And now I am very, very happy with where it ends up getting to. Um, I, I think that the the logic in there and like the scaling, the the variable that I added in with the scaling salary used, I think that that's like the extra juice that makes it that much more accurate. So I, I'm happy that you're using it. That's awesome.
1: Right. Because that, that's, the, that's the main thing of determining, because I'm aiming for lineups primarily mm-hmm. that are the most unique for using all most of the salary. So obviously as you go up the salary scale, the chances of it being duped goes much goes up higher. So like a 50,000 lineup that even with using product ownership that says, Oh, it's average do two or three may actually end up being seven, eight, nine, because it's a 50 K lineup. So I'd rather be able to see that while a 49, eight lineup like that may actually be unique, right? Like going through like my average salary on, on Saturday, was like 49 7 yet i still had 133 under fives and 43 uniques
2: something that um because because after i built that right i had um one of the other tools is that that giant like csv recap analysis tool that that i built out and that one like i, I have now built it out so that it can handle mma and showdown and it can ham- handle uh baseball and it can handle football right so um, it has a whole bunch of different little tools and whistles and stuff like that. But building that one out, one thing that I thought was really interesting in breaking down the recent slates has been um, Brian Jester and his ability to not only produce uniques and under fives, because like you can do that and you can build lineups that are going to be unique and under five and don't necessarily project all that well. And usually a lot of people, when they do it, they're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to hammer in the guys who are lower owned and that's going to make it so they're unique and and under five. And like, that's awesome. But something that he does that I think is, is really, really well done in his portfolio management is being able to spread his exposure around to the higher owned players as well. And like really spread out his exposures um, and still maintain uniques and under fives. And I, and I think that the tool that I built out is a very, very good way to do something like that because you can, you can go through. And like you said, automatically just like anything that it says is projected for over probably 10, you just cut out. Like there's no reason to even have it in. Right,
1: right, a, a way to, a way to use it is for, I could build and maybe, maybe not this carbon weekend, cause I'm not going to be here, but the weekend afterwards build 300 lineups with a certain combination. Mm-hmm. Like go, like put the chalk together, just like put kind of like, okay, main event guy and this popular underdog and this popular 9K guy, and then go, give me 300 lineups of those. Mm -hmm. And then no matter what the salary, you know, no salary constraint, and then take the 300 and then paste it in. And you'll, I'm pretty sure that you could go through and go, oh, okay. Most of these lineups are too duped. Yeah. But out of the 300, maybe like, there's maybe eight to 10 that are like, well, these, these may be fine. Yeah. Like this is a combination that, like, if you built a lot of lineups like it, you're probably not going to get to. But this lineup at 49.4 with this combination, is fine. This lineup with 49.2 is fine. Now all the fifty ks and forty nine nines are bad, mm-hmm. right? They're they're all too, they're all too duped. But you'll find like, okay, it's still the co- it's not a combination I'm using much, but here are more unique versions of it. So you're not stuck saying I want like if there's like two or three, 8% percent do fighters, you're not playing like a third of them in all of your lineups. Yeah. Or you're constantly playing the the 8% 9K guy that no one wants to play, and then like the 6% 7K guy that no one wants to play. And it's like, well, you got both of them in the third of your lineups. So because that's the easiest way to not be duplicated. Mm-hmm. Well, you can go through and go, well, yeah, the main event favorite may be over-owned, but let's see how, Let I can still play... of that guy, as long as the 35% I'm playing are in those unique lineup combinations. And then just using lineup HQ to build 300 lineups of each iteration and just throw, I mean, the dude you made it as simple as possible. I just, I literally cut, I cut, I export from lineup HQ, highlight everything, cut and paste directly in and it's, and it's done. Once, once, once it pastes in all the numbers, everything fills in.
2: Yeah, I didn't even have to use work. I didn't even have to use any macros for this one. Like some of the tools that I've built up, you you have to press a button to make it do those things. But like I'm trying to make it so you can you literally just like paste the values in and it shows you whatever you want to see. So that's uh that's gonna be cool. Um there is a question here, DJA Dog3K. Is there any tools like this we can use for tiers mode? Uh this tool that Jordan is referring to is actually you can use it for. Feasibly, you could use it for anything, right? Like you can just paste in your CSV and it's going to go across. um, I built it specifically for MMA, but you could do it for showdown. You could do it for tiers. All that you need is you need the lineups and you need the projected ownership. And um, it'll tell you how many dupes you're expected to have. Uh, I, I would think that maybe there's a little bit, it won't be quite as precise with something like tears, just because I think that when it comes to the duping logic, like this duping logic is really, really good for MMA. I'm not sure that it would exactly carry over at other sports, but I think it'll still be very directionally accurate and, and absolutely still usable for other stuff.
1: Right. I mean, it's going to be useful. I mean, it's useful for NFL showdown. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's I understand that uh, Scorpio is asking. Did, did, we're, we're working on this as a part of the sequel for the theory of daily fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's going to be 10 to 15 hours of new audio for advanced players, uh, and, and Excel tools. And James, being that they are tools in Excel, Mm -hmm. this is, is it is open source, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: which means you could just, if you could take the tools and do whatever the hell you want with them, right? I mean, like, like you may not be, uh, like an, like, I'm not an expert in Excel, but if I... Take I could take a tool and add an extra column and add it and change. I want to move this over there, or I want to create another sheet that that does this also. It's like just feel free to add it on. Feel free to change whatever it is that you want. You'll always get you'll always have the original files, right? You can always read that. Like, oh, I screwed something up. Let me start over, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not like this is this is not like a web-based service. It's not like signing up to roto grinders and getting lineup HQ. It's like Here's here's some research tools to help you yeah. speed along. And they're probably best used with lineup HQ. Like I've been saying, I uh, it's to me, it's it's built for I'm gonna make a ton of lineups in an optimizer, which obviously would suggest lineup HQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then be able to just shove them into Excel and have it do the work for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to do it in lineup HQ and then re put it back in. Right. Right. So I could go through, and if I wanted to make 3,000 lineups, right? On a baseball slate, for instance. I'm like, well, it's a 12 game MLB slate, and uh, I'm playing DraftKings. And I want to see, uh, I want to, I instead of using like in lineup HQ, you could build by stack type, right? And set a percentage. But like, how many, well, what happens if you, I, I want to see if there's any 3 3 lineups, any 4 2 lineups, any like, you get into the, the phase of like, well, how much percent should I look for? I mean, it's going to default to building the best types of correlations first.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: what happens? Why can't you just go in and go, I'm going to build 300 of each. I literally just go through it. Just go, I'm going to build 300 of each type. So now I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So I have 2,700 lineups. And you paste them all into Excel, into the, the, the tools that we're making. And you go from there. So here's your here's your five three lineups. And you go, okay, let me let me pick 10 out of these. And you go to go to you go to four X lineups, which is four a four man stack and, and four one offs. And you see that high projection, but not a good odor. I mean, because you don't have that much correlation there. And you go, Are there are there lineups that are very high leverage that I could still use because the projection is high? Right? That it makes up for the for the, the correlation value of you know not having the secondary stack If you want to do that research it's so much easier to do it all at once in excel and then compare them to each other so it's quite possible to build three thousand lineups of each type paste them all in of all the stacks and then sort it from there and maybe when you play if you're going to play let's say 150 lineups or something you end up picking 150 lineups that are the best of whatever metrics you want to sort by and maybe it turns out that you play twenty-seven percent five-three stacks, and then you play twenty percent of five. Like it's just, and maybe there's three lineups that are three threes in there. Mm-hmm. It's like you didn't have to physically, you didn't have to actually make that choice of like how many of these do I want to play, and actively say I'm going to build all four-four lineups. I'm going to build all five-two lineups. It's like no, build all of each. There's no functionality in lineup HQ to. You to have like ten thousand lineups, right? Right, or to make ten thousand lineups. uh I mean, it's possible. It's obviously it's technically possible. But if we made a tool, if Roto Grinders had a tool where you're building ten thousand, fifty thousand lineups, uh the site would get pretty slow when there's hundreds of thousands of people using it. So, like three hundred at a time, if you want to build on NFL, especially NFL coming up, right? You got plenty of time. It's Thursday night. It's not like there's going to be. Yeah they like late scratches, really, or anything like, like projections are the projections for, for the most part. Maybe ownership will change a little. You got, you're going to go through and go, I'm going to spend all Saturday building lineups. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be, you know, just nuts and say, I'm going to build 300 at a time until I get to 30,000. <laughs> and then just go in excel and just say which, which X amount I'm going to run from here. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's kind of the purpose of why, why why these tools are being created as part of Theory of DFS, the sequel, uh, the advanced player version, because the advanced player's version is all about application. Mm-hmm. right? The first of the, the, the main course, TheoryofDFS.com, more about the theory, hence the theory of daily fantasy sports. But how do you take those theories and actually put them into action? So the applications needs tools like this. Right. So that's why it's for advanced players going directly to that. You're going to be like, I don't know why we're, why, why you'd be using any of this. And why do I need Excel tools? If I don't even understand what leverage is or correlation is or how that affects my lineups in general, because then you'd look and these Excel tools would make absolutely no sense to
2: you. Right.
1: Like, why do I care about duplication in NFL showdown? Well, if you don't understand that, then you're not going to understand how to, how to even use these tools you don't even understand the concept of a plus ev line
0: right
2: yeah and and most of these tools that were that we're putting together um that they're going to come in a way that once you have figured out how to play dfs you have to understand how to maximize how you are playing dfs and that's mostly what these tools are is like yeah, you can build a portfolio of say 150 lineups or like 300 lineups or whatever like that. Like anybody can just go and plug into an optimizer and run lineups and then plug them into DraftKings. But like if it was that easy, then there would never be any edge. The edge comes into curating the way that you build out your portfolio management and putting together lineups that um, fit different contest selections and and understanding what contests you should be playing and how to enter those lineups in. Like Jordan said, you can build out 3,000 lineups. And one of the tools that I am currently building right now is going to allow you to set weights on the three different levers, right? Projection, correlation, and leverage. Uh, You're going to be able to set weights on those things and then sort the lineups based on uh, those weights that you put things in. And then you're going to be able to take those lineups and say, okay, well, I have the single entry contest here, right? Like I'm playing the, the 121 right? Or something like that. So I'm going to take the thing that has the highest projection and I'm going to put it in there. And then you can say, oh, well, now I'm going to go build for the highest uh, leverage for GPPs, right? And then you can ramp up the variation or ramp up the weight on the leverage variable and then rerun it and resort it. And then you can find out of your 3000 lineups, which ones fit best for the large field contests. And like, that's how you curate for the contest that you are building. That's how you decide on your portfolio.
1: Right, and also find find thresholds or right. ratios. So like, for instance, if you were to build 300, 3000, whatever, whatever amount of lineups you wanna paste in, it's like, okay, you could, the easy part is, well, what's the highest projected lineup?
2: What's mm-hmm. the
1: lowest projected lineup? What's the highest owned lineup? What's the mm-hmm. lowest loan line, you know, what lineup has the most amount of correlation, the least amount of correlation, right? Not necessarily by coefficient, but by, like, more play, more people from the same game, the same team. Uh, but how about the ratio of, like, I'm looking for lineups that are within this projection and this ownership, right? Show me those lineups. So it's like you look at the top. Maybe the top is, you know, 150-point projection 100, and 200 points in ownership, 200% in ownership. It's like, well, I'm looking for the highest and around the 150 range. Well, imagine having 5,000 lineups and doing that. Like, like that's going to be tough. Right. And then also, as I've shown on the show before, trimming lineups. So I'd build 20 lineups right now for the today's baseball slate as of, as it stands right now with the bat projections. So, like, although it is, it is a blunt methodology of using ownership some – probably better to use ownership product, but maybe you'll be able to do that with the tool, uh, the Excel tools that typically if given the choice, you're, you're not going to want to play a lineup that is lower projected that is higher owned, right? Given the choice, it doesn't mean that that lineup is, is, is minus EV. It's just that the other, the other lineups are, are higher expected value. So like in lineup HQ, you could build 20 lineups, you could build 300 lineups. So I could build 300. I just did 20 right now for time purposes. And you go through and you go, okay, here's the top line. I did five X stacks, right? And I go, okay, it's going to sort. I'm sorting by total fantasy points, the median, median total projection. And I go 116.31. Well, the lineup below it, which is 0.15 lower projected is actually higher owned based on the ownership projections, right? So, If I had a choice between the two lineups, I'd rather play the first one. Mm
2: -hmm. It's slightly higher
1: projected, and it's lower owned. So I'm getting rid of the one underneath it. This one's 112. So as the projection goes down, the ownership should go down also. So I'm going to get rid of any lineup that is more owned than the lineup above it. Because why would I play that lineup versus the lineup above it? Right? So you get rid of this lineup. You get rid of that lineup. Right? You have to beat 112.54. Get rid of this lineup. Get rid of this lineup. Get rid of it. Keep on going. Get rid of this lineup. Keep on going. One twelve point ninety. No. One sixteen. One twenty six. One twenty two. Keep on going. Try to beat one twelve point five four. Can we in the first twenty? Can we? Can we even do it? No. Right. Yeah, so yeah. like out of this twenty build, it's like these are the two lineups that have that ratio, mm-hmm. where the ownership is ownership sum is commensurate with their projection. Now imagine trying to do that with 3,000 lineups, <laughs> right? Manually, or three, even 300, if you could build 300 in lineup HQ. Now imagine I could build 300 in lineup HQ and trim like that by just taking all 300 lineups and putting them right into to Excel and then pressing, sorting by fantasy points and using the ownership mm-hmm. and then having all the lineups that are... Uh, that fit that characteristic highlighted in with a color. Mm-hmm. It's like all the green lineups are the ones that are the highest, the higher owned for the lowest salary based on that order. And then imagine having have another button that says trim all the other lineups, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, well you have 300 lineups. And then 45 go down periodically like this. Well, leave me the 45 and get rid of the other 255. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you go, okay, well, I got those lineups. Maybe you go to a different stack type and you go and they, and then you take, then you cut and paste those 45 lineups James, and you put it into, into another tool, another sheet that shows you the exposures of all your players.
2: There you go.
1: Right. That shows you everything about those lineups, about what those, what, what, you know, the on total ownership, total projection into just a lineup analyzer. So you could look there and you go, oh, wow, out of these 45 lineups, I have like all of this starting pitcher, which is probably the reason why that that starting pitcher is only 7% owned. And that's what's giving that's, that's the, what gives you the most under owned players. Right. Right. Whenever you trim like that, obviously the most, un, you're going to get more of the under owned players and less of the over owned players. And imagine being able to do that, not only by ownership, some by ownership product, which is a little bit more precise than ownership. sum. So like, to me, these things go hand in hand, like you're the concept, the theory in the, in the course, in the first course is, well, what does ownership, what does leverage do for you? Mm-hmm. Right. What are the levers? What, well, how do they, how do they counteract one another? Right. Well, then people ask, it's like, okay, now that I, then, now that I know this, it's like, how do I actually apply this in practice? Well, these are the types of things of applying it in practice. Like well, if you go through lineups, you should not be playing a lineup that is higher owned than it's than than is lower projected than its ownership compared to another lineup. Mm-hmm. The only reasons that you would play the other lineup is one, uh you're playing a lot more lineups. Two, uh you're taking into a you're taking risk management into consideration, meaning that well, if if a guy is one percent owned and projects for a million points, like, do you want to play a hundred percent of a one one percent owned guy? Right, right. Like, how much risk do you want to take on? And hopefully, uh, I don't know if you're integrating it into the lineup analyzer uh, to be able to, to to measure that.
2: Yeah, one the core, the,
1: core, the basically the the correlation coefficient of players in an in an, in a portfolio.
2: It is going to be. That's going to be a separate tool, but you're going to be able to take your portfolio of your lineups and you're going to be able to paste it into a tool and then press a button and it's going to show you how correlate it's going to show you what players are correlated to one another in your entire portfolio. And then, actually, a really cool idea, which you and I hadn't talked about doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway because I think it's cool. Um, You're going to be able to put in up to five players. And then you're going to be able to see who correlates the most with those five players. So you're going to be able to take a stack, like say that you were doing it for baseball, right? And you're able to take a stack of players in your portfolio and then you're going to be able to run it through all of your lineups and you're going to see who that stack is most dependent on in order to find success. So like the application of that is say that you have a Yankee stack, right? And the Yankees are typically expensive. You plug in the five players of your Yankee stack that are the ones that you have the most of. And then you run it through the correlations and you see, oh, well I'm a hundred percent exposed to Martin Maldonado in those lineups. So even if the Yankees do very well, you still then also need Martin Maldonado because he's a hundred percent exposed to that stack, that five players.
1: Right. Which is, which is basically an extension of finding, finding the, the lineup correlation. We're not talking about the correlation between the players, but the lineup correlation, because what, what, In using lineup HQ, uh, optimizer in general, uh, what we're trying to do from a macro standpoint is teach you the applications of these theories while having you avoid the common mistakes people make with Mm optimizers That that they they, they don't see, right? They build, uh, I'm going to build 150 lineups what what people do is they focus so much on exposure percentages, when that's the last part of anything. That's a risk. These columns are for risk management, not for strategy. So what'll end up happening is that someone today will go in and say, "I want to play uh, 50% Sean Manaya, and I want to play 50% Aaron Ashby, and build 150 lineups. You know, that I want to play at least 50% of each." And then find that, like their top out of 150 lineups, their top 75 will have Mania and Ashby, and then the next 75 will have neither of them. Yep. Right. Exactly. And the project, the the top the top 25 lineups they make are are absurdly too high owned, right? And the bottom 25 lineups are way too low projected because all all this all an optimizer is doing is trying to give you what it, you tell it to give you. And but at default, it's gonna try to jam in as many median fantasy points as possible, until told otherwise, right? So it's gonna be like, okay, what's the best possible lineup with the lineup pool that you have, right? Okay, put that that or whatever stack, whatever commands that you gave it. What's the best possible lineup? Okay, what now? What's the second best possible lineup? And then if it goes to like, well, I need to give you the second best possible lineup, but I need to give you because you set unique players to three something that's a 3v3 of the lineup above it. Mm-hmm. And then that gives you now the third best lineup. And then and it's quite possible that it's playing those two pitchers over and over again, right? And then changing one or two batters and another and it's different stack. And it's like the first 10 15 lineups are like most probably like single entry style lineups. And then the that are too high owned, I mean they may not even be they may even be too too high, they may be the chalk you may get like a almost a stacked version of a cash lineup first. And then on the bottom, it, because it has to make 3v3s 150 times and only use 50% of these guys, and on no and no more than 20% of that guy, your bottom lineup is projected like 49 points lower than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, and you go the, and those lineups are horrible. And then you go, and then people put them in. And I'm like, great, you 30 of your lineups are bad. 30 lineups are negative EV because the top half and the the top part and the bottom part it's, but you looked and you go, Oh, but I have 50, I I have 50% of Ashby. I have 50% of Manaya, And then what ends up happening is one of them does really well, right? Manaya puts up 37 points. Ashby, not so much kind of gets killed. Right. Yeah. Right. And you go, well, Good thing, good thing. Half my lineup should be fine because, you know, the negative four is only in half my lineups. And you go look and you go, well, I'm going to find a lineup with Minaya that doesn't have Ashby in it. And, and you go, why can't they find that? Right? I, you keep on going down through your lineups and you're like, well, I could, fi- I could find uh, Oda Rizzi Brewbaker lineups. I could find uh, Tyler Gilbert lineups. But all of, my, all of my Ashby lineups have Minaya in it. And it's like all those lineups are dead to win now, even though you had, you put in the right exposures, right? You the tool's only going to do what you tell it to do. So imagine if you built your 150 lineups, and to stop those errors, you throw it into Excel and you go, oh 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 crap, I didn't realize that you know, the the correlation coefficient of 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 Minaya and Ashby is one. <laughs> Right. It probably wouldn't be one of it, but you would say like 0.98, which means they're basically in like 73 lineups to get, there's only like two lineups where they're separated or something like that. Imagine doing that and go, Oh, now that I know that let me let, let me fix that. Nope. Yep. let me find like, let me find a way that that's different or you go through and you, and you see in the lineup analyzer, you see, you put in your 150 lineups and you go, wow, you're right. The projections of these, are high and too high ownership in the bottom. Are, now you can see that in lineup HQ, right? I mean, if you actually look through that, I tell people, look through your lineups, make sure. Or you may see, or you may end up finding out stuff that you didn't even realize that that you did, right? You look and you go, uh, I'm going to build 20 lineups. Maybe people aren't building 150 lineups. i are building 20 lineups. It's like, okay, I built 20 lineups. Maybe you hand-built lineups okay we're not even talking about okay what happens if I don't use lineup HQ when I hand build lineups okay hand build 20 lineups. there are tons of times I used to hand build 20 lineups that I would hand build and think that I'm getting different the next thing you know, like two of my lineups are like only a 1v1 of each other that I didn't even realize right or I have too much of this guy with that guy I didn't realize like all of all of my Aaron Ashby lineups I'm playing like Aaron judge as a one-off I mean, which could be fine. So I handled 20 lineups. And then you go into your DraftKings, you download your entries. You take your There's the lineup. So you take the lineups, you throw them into it. The, our little tool in Excel. And then you go, okay, what's the, what What are the characteristics of my 20 lineup set? It's like, oh, wow. All my Ashley lineups have judge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you want that? That could be fine. And then you go in. It's like, okay, now that I know that you go in and you take two of the judge lineups and you change it to Soto. Right. Or Otani <laughs> or say, you know, just another high priced outfield one-off type of thing or you change the picture to Oda Rizzi and one of the lines it's, or just to give you an insight of like, okay, do I, do I want that's as a risk management factor, <coughs> do I want my lineup so correlated to each other? Mm-hmm. And as of right now, there's, there's, there's literally no tool. Yeah. Uh, in the industry that shows you your, your portfolio in that regard, it'll show you exposures. But like they said before, just looking at exposures, it's like, look, I'm twice the field on this guy. James, you know, how many times has someone told you that there were three times field the field on like the, the guy that you needed to have to win and the, the person ends up losing money, right? That's <laughs> like, well, I he was a 20% on guy. I had 60% of the guy that hit four home runs. And I lost because all because, and then you look through, it's like, well, all those lineups had this 2k player that got zero or that pitch or the, the 3% don't that still that got blown up
2: or right? they had the rest of the stack with them and the rest of the stack didn't do anything. Cause that person scored all four home runs.
1: Right. Right. It's like, yeah, you have 60, yeah, you have 60% of this guy, but like 30% of it is that stack. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, so those, those lineups don't matter. Right. And then this lineup, you, you had the same one off in half of them. Mm-hmm. Right. So those lineups don't matter. And then he had the same pitcher and, and, Next thing you know, you're looking at your lineups, they're only 2v2s of each other. So yep. all of those, all of all of those 80 lineups that you had out of your 150, your 90 lineups of the 150, you're way over the field. But they're all they're they're all too similar to each other mm-hmm. that it's not just that guy doing well. You needed like three things to happen for all of those lineups to do well. And they're all sitting very close to each other in the in in this in the standings of your contest. Like that's a that's it is a com yep. these are. Two two I, I believe, James, the two biggest errors when using optimizers. Right. Is 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 not understanding the correlation of players in between your lineups and not understanding the, the the clumping that could happen when you're telling when you're telling a tool what to do and how to counteract those those clumping type of things. People just put in, they think they put in magic settings. They're like, I'm going to build 150 based on a magic setting, then go. Oh, those those should be good. And then they don't go through and realize that pretty, that most of the time, the top 10 percent and bottom 10 percent are bad lineups mm-hmm. in general, unless unless you intervene.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would absolutely agree with that. I think that um, you know this this tool, and I've I've built tools like this before for other pretty high volume guys in the industry because like you said that you just don't have access to this kind of thing anywhere. A- and it's, it's vital to understand the lineups that you're building out.
1: Well, you, you have access, you could do it manually,
2: but it's hard,
1: right? It's harder manually. But the it's problem hard. is, is that without the course, like people that don't take the course that don't understand this fall into building half their lineups as negative EV lineups, even yeah. using, using optimizers and using projections, that like they, they don't understand why those lineups are bad to begin with.
2: Well, and most people have no idea how to use an optimizer. To begin. Oh,
1: well, that's, well, that well, that's the point of that. That's yeah. kind of the point of these types of tools. It's like, now that you're trying to apply these theories, how do we, like, what is, what is the makeup of a plus EV lineup? Like so many people ask, like, so what exactly is a plus EV lineup? Mm-hmm. And I go, well, any lineup that has a high, a higher chance of returning a uh, positive ROI over the rake, Compared to the field, mm-hmm. your job is to build higher EV lineups than the field, and a lot of times the field builds really bad lineups. So the worse that the the worse that the contest is. So, for instance, in the in a large field contest with a flatter payout structure, the uh the worse and worse your opponents get, the way I mean this happens in any contest, but I even the millie maker. Uh, the worse and worse your opponents are, the more and more profitable lineups there are to play yep okay so that's why people so this this is a contest this is from this is from the new course uh, the when you play a, a let's say a five hundred person high stakes contest with let's just say they're all good players uh, the score you need to win is lower, right? You don't, because you're not trying to beat 100,000 entries, Mm -hmm. right? But the average, the average expected value in comparison of the lineups is much higher. Mm -hmm. Like if you compared that 500 set to the 100,000, right? So you take a look at those 500 and go, yeah, this lineup that may be fine in, let's take a 500 man dollar contest. And in that dollar contest, let's just use as an, ex- as an example, half the field is horrible. That half the field is, and let's say they're really horrible. Like they're putting in guys that aren't even starting, right? They're not even submitting lineups. Let's even get to that. Like that's the extreme. Half the field is literally not submitting lineups. They're guaranteed zeros. So in that contest, how great of a lineup do you need to be profitable? Not that great. Right. But now you go up to a 500 man, $777 contest where everyone's good. No, one's not submitting a lineup. So even though they're both the same field size, right? Let's say they're even the same price, right? Doesn't matter. The price, the salad, the the, the entry fee doesn't matter. It's just that obviously the higher stage, you're typically getting better players. Right, but it could be a seven seventy-seven, and just here's one contest where half the field has literally not submitted a lineup, and here's where one where, where everyone submitted a lineup. Mm-hmm. So, in the contest, even if five hundred people, that half the field has not submitted a lineup. You know how many profitable lineups you can make for that contest? So, <laughs> so many. So many. I mean, way. More. I mean, if you knew that, you'd be like, well, do I even need to? Can I play my cash lineup in this? Right. Even though you'd never, you know, even in a 500 man contest, you're like, why in baseball, let's say like, why would I just build an unstacked mess? And I can't, don't I at least want to stack something? You don't five man stack, four man stack, something like something or other. It's like, I, I don't know. I think your cash lineup type of, you know, top projected lineup, no matter what, with correlation, that may be profitable if half the field isn't even submitting a line. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like, so if that's the case, you know, how many lineups are profitable. You could probably so spend all day. Think, a million I mean, lineups?
2: Think, think empirically, like think about it mechanically, right? Like if you have a 500 man contest and 250 of the players are not playing anything, then that means that only 50% now are actually competing, right? So then where do you have to finish in that set of players to end up making a profit? Probably right? half of that. 25%. Only half of that, 25%, right? So at that point, playing a cash game lineup is probably the
1: right move. Right, a 50th percentile lineup will probably min cash. That probably, if half the field has not submitted a lineup, and a min cash is still only 1.25 at the 75th percentile mark, well, you're getting rid of half the contest. You've already gotten rid of half the contest. So really, that to hit that 75th percentile mark, is technically just a 50th percentile outcome. Right. Yep. Which is essentially what you're building for a cash lineup. Now, is that the most profitable lineups you can make for that contest? No, but it's probably you're probably cash enough that you beat the rake slightly. Mm-hmm. Right? You probably maybe, maybe have a two or three percent ROI with just throwing your cash lineup in that type of contest. Yet if you did that in the same contest, but everyone submits a lineup, you'd probably lose that, lose out to the you'd be minus 20%. It's are all in that yeah I mean right in that, that type of contest because you're you're gonna not gonna min cash enough and you're probably not gonna win anywhere close to enough. Mm-hmm. So like when you think in terms of those types of extremes it's like so the concept the, the concept in and of itself of the stronger the 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 opponents the less amount of profitable lineups there are to play and the more picky you need to be as far as which ones do you play, so the differences between well, this lineup is two points in projection difference, but about the same ownership. Like those extra two points in projection or the extra twenty percentage points in ownership matter a lot more in the stronger contests because the edges are thinner. You're playing you're playing the other contest. Let's even if it's a large field contest, but large field contests tend to have the worst players in it. Not 50% of the field, you know, not submitting a lineup, but, no, but 20% of the field may have a lineup that that your worst lineup that you could make is still better than.
2: Yeah, 25 to 30% of a large field contest is pretty much just dead
1: anyway. Right. Is, is, it, it, is, is, is negative EV like right out of the gate? Yeah. So how many plus EV lineups can you make? You could make a lot more. Imagine you got rid of those 30% of lineups and you put stronger players in there. Now the amount of profitable lineups you can make goes down significantly. So that, that lineup that projects for, let's say in basketball projects for 15 points lower, right? Low ownership also 20 points lower. Like that's a, that's a high variance. That's a low percentage lineup that in a strong contest, you wouldn't play because it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't beat the field often enough. But in a in a weak field contest, that may actually be a profitable lineup may not Mm -hmm. be the most profitable lineup, but it will be a profitable lineup. So when going to building stuff via an optimizer and using these tools, it's like, how often do I say on a lot of these shows that especially like in baseball, especially high variance sports, like we have a slate tonight. That's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 games. Yeah. 11, 11 games. Like, in the large field contest tonight, the relay throw or whatever on DraftKings or whatever the $5 contest on FanDuel, how many plus EV lineups? I mean, I could build 20,000. I don't know. I mean, like, a lot, 30,000 yeah. 30, lineups that would be profitable. Now, I'd love, I'd love the highest EV lineups, but also realize the highest EV lineups, they so also have the highest standard deviations. Mm-hmm. So, you may not want to play 150 of those lineups, even though you know over the course of a million trials that would, those would be the most profitable, just that the swings would be ridiculous but you want to make play a nice subsection of of all different standard deviations of lineups but the choice of lineups to play is is that big but you go to the monster or something on on the fan duel or you or like you're playing the thun- let just you're playing the thunderdome Let's say, I don't even know if they ever even run the Thunderdome on a Monday MLB slate, but let's say it was a 12-man Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. How many plus EV lineups are there for the 12-man Thunderdome? Not 30,000, maybe 100, 200, something like that, compared on to? A,
2: on an 11-game slate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Like, a couple
1: 100, probably, like- right? So it's like, that's that's the difference. So when people ask me, it's like, well, I I, I have a truck. Can I play this lineup or that lineup? It's like, play. You could play any either of those lineups. Mm-hmm. Both look profitable to me, right? Just don't. You're trying not to play lineups that are too at the top end of the spectrum or the bottom end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. They're either too high owned or too low projected. But that's the same in any sport. But how do you do that functionally? I've shown on this show how to do it functionally in lineup HQ. Just involves a lot of well, I'm going to build 300 lineups a bunch of times and then eliminate the ones that I don't want. And then maybe five hours later, I'm done. (laughs) Right? Like, like you, you can do it that way. Right? So if you're building only for like, I only have to choose three lineups. Like you don't have to build 900 lineups to choose three lineups.
2: You know how much faster it's going to be when you have this tool and you don't have to take five hours to do
1: it. I I don't, I don't take five hours to do it, but
2: right you, but could, I, you
1: could if you want if you were if you were really finicky you could mm-hmm. but most of the time the lineups that you're trimming are probably i would say 80 percent of the lineups that you're trimming are plus ev lineups it's just that they're not as plus ev as the other line right
2: well right? and so like and, in worst in case scenario you're in, still
1: playing profitable lineups. and
2: in comparison to the relative nature of the other lineups in your portfolio like that's where it gets sticky is you, you don't want to have too many that are too close together and not quite plus EV as other ones. And that's, that's where you want to tell
1: you. Right. And, and the, and the point being is that if, well, if you're playing a large field contest, you're playing the, the, the mini max type of thing. It's like, you could feel free to build 3000 and spread it out. And based on your risk management, you know, it's just, I'm gonna play a bunch of this, a bunch of that, a bunch of this, a bunch of this and whatever. But even if you're just playing one lineup, for single entry contest or three lineups for three max or five lineups, this still can be useful because you could then still use a tool like lineup HQ, go through, build, build 50, build 20, full 20 lineups of each, of each stack type, build, lock in a picture and go, let me see what, lo- what lineups look with this picture in it, with this combination and then go, okay, well now that I have tw- 10 different builds, you have 200 lineups. So I just export all of them and paste them in and go, Okay, based on all my sorting, I'm going to get rid of this, get rid of that, get rid. Next thing you know, you're down to 18 lineups, and you're like, okay, out of these 18 lineups, I want to pick three, and you go, okay, well, and you look, and maybe you all 18 lineups are fine. If you were to randomly pick three, you'd be okay, you'd be perfectly fine. But then you look at one, and you go, uh, I, I don't want, I don't want to play, I don't want to play, uh, I don't want to play pirates today, like just arbitrarily. And you look, and you just look through, and you go, okay, 12 of these lineups have pirates in it. So now you have six lineups left, right? And then out of the six lineups, pick three. And you mm-hmm. go, well, I don't want to play all of these two pitchers together. Okay, then don't. Right? So, like, it gets you down to that, like, okay. Like, once you were down to that 18, once you were down to a certain point, then, I mean, you could randomly pick whatever you want. But if I don't like guys with the last name that starts with a G. Oh, that, that,
2: that, <laughs> I was just going to say, like, once you get down to that t- 18, man, just equals Rand, open, close parentheses, and just.
1: Right. You could do that if you I want. Would.
2: I think that that's that, and we've talked about that a lot before. And I won't get super deep into it right now because we have some questions in the chat. But uh, I, I think that those last 18 lineups—that's the biggest waste of time that anybody can possibly like have. You, you get down in that last 18 lineups, and you are just killing yourself over the one v ones and the two v twos. And I'm just like, just, dude, just pick some, <laughs> just go for
1: it. the other day, I had Roman Quinn in one of my in my. I was playing a Tampa lineup he was batting ninth against the Royals or something uh because I because right now I'm only playing like four or five lineups of slate mm-hmm. for baseball it's like well that it fit the parameters I'm like that's what I'm playing like, there you go yeah like that's I had to choose between two different Tampa stacks right basically just between two different lineups um and they're both about the same owned and about the same project like they're f- pretty much the same Mm. other than they're there it's like a four v four players because of the other stack that's in there in a pitcher uh and the tampa stack or whatever it's like well th- this one has this one has uh mejia catcher and this one doesn't have, like what am i doing i'm sitting here going what am i doing like what like what do, you do you i want to play audience? roman quinn or not if i decided it's like i don't want to play nine nine hitter roman quinn then i just get rid of that lineup and whatever the other lineup is i play yeah but I'm sitting there going, Do I want to play Roman like and I'm going, I, I can't believe I even spent seven seconds on this.
2: There there will be yeah, there will be people frequently, and, and like I've I've just gotten to the point where I'm just like, Man, I don't answer questions like that, just like flip coin. But uh people will be like, Oh, well, you know, I, I've been sitting on this for 10 minutes, like I don't know who to pick. And I'm like, bro, it doesn't matter. It literally does not matter who you pick. Think, bro, I mean, think look at the, the yeah. look at the
1: two lineups that we have. Look at the I would just when I put in five X, this is only a unique of one, so like. Like, here's the two lineups. Like, Granky Mania, Granky Ashby. It's like, what? what's the 2v2? Two two? What's the... Okay, we got Matt Muncie-Turner, Gamal, Mitchell. So basically, this is a 2v2 two two of Mania and Mitchell versus Ashby and Gamal. But the projection is, like, a difference of, like, point... Point what? Point three-two. And their ownership is commensurate with like one slightly lower own. Like, functionally, these two lineups are about, or I mean, choose. I mean, that
2: is to me exactly the same lineup. Right. There there is not, there's not a single thing in my head that says that I want to play one or the other. Does not matter to me.
1: Right. Assuming that the numbers are correct.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, and if you're building off of projections, then you trust that the numbers are correct, right? I then you're right.
1: If you're like, no, I think I is going to be forty percent done. Well, then obviously, then this ownership would we, then right. then it, once we add fifteen more points in ownership to this lineup, then it's like, well, I could sacrifice like twenty points in ownership for only point three. Like, yeah, then the bottom line is better. Yep, there you go. Right, but but at the, at this point, they're pretty much like feel free to flip a coin. Yep. Right, but how do you get to the flip a coin decisions? That's That's the main part Mm -hmm. of of what we're talking about when it comes to the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players. You can buy the the, the first course, which is what I would suggest. Trust me, you're not going to... We're not going to dummy dumb down the second course for the sake of doing a remedial class on the first one. So go get it. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. Theoryofdfs.com
2: so some uh some questions here well first i mean hutchins it would be better than 50 percent better with half the field gone because of the rake which is now negative. Oh, yeah, oh, yes. yeah that's sure. correct yeah um do we know how much the theory dfs tool cost yet i don't think we've talked through all that No, I, I
1: do i do i could say it
2: oh go for it yeah 195 195 cool so 195 and and i will say 195 that is more than the first book but i have put in the, uh, it's, not a book, it's
1: an audio course just to be
2: sorry audio course uh i this this should cost 2500 bucks with with okay, all
1: that, a little even i would even i would be say it's a little well
2: expensive. i and and that is directly based on how much i charge for the stuff that i build because i've built stuff for guys in the industry before mm-hmm. and i charge 50 bucks an hour and i have put in at least 50 hours into these tools so it's a it's a massive deal um hutchins it would be in the thousands but in the same ballpark talking about that that 500 man contest where we're talking about plus ev lineups uh can you please explain what you mean by plus ev lineup yep it is expected value and yeah that's that's all the things right
1: and also uh if you've if you've bought the first course you'll get the the second course with the because the, that'll be a combo mm-hmm. so for anyone new that has not bought the first course you could buy both courses together with the Excel tools for a discounted price, mm-hmm. and that discounted price will be available to anyone that bought the first course originally. Yeah. So you're not like you're not screwed. Like if it if it's going to be two seventy five together, right? That means it'll you'll, you'll get like you'll get forty five dollars off the the second course, assuming right. that you bought the first one. Yeah. So you don't get you don't get screwed by that people people have asked that it's like yeah what well, do you get anything for getting the first yeah yeah you get the same discount whatever and no and no promotional codes there's no right oh no. is it going to be a 30 off sale if you, if you notice on my timeline i i rarely ever do discounts because why either it's worth it or it's not What what no. is a ten dollar discount ain't going to do you any good like to me personally like you could sign up for roto grinders combo premium, right? Click on that link in the description. You get $10 off your first month, which is great. You get $10 off your first month. That's that shouldn't be the deciding factor. Like it's worth it. Regardless of the 10, like I'll pay right. the extra $10 because it's worth it because why not? Right. Why shouldn't I?
2: That's a, that's, that's a really interesting thing too in marketing. Uh, Cause I used to do retail management and, um, red bull specifically you'll always notice that red bull never drops down to a dollar per, per can, ever they uh they are vehement with that in that they never bastardize their product based on price so like you'll notice that rockstar goes down to, to 10 for 10 or whatever at, at your kroger or whatever um you'll notice that uh monster does things like that too red bull will never drop down to a dollar per product ever because they they believe that their product is better than the competitors and therefore it is worth playing paying the premium on the product that you're buying
1: well i also think what's the difference that what's the difference between ten dollars like for this or or 20 cents or something like well like, to, me, to people... me it makes no difference it's like what person like for the theory daily fantasy sports 125 bucks yeah right for the first course 15 hours i mean it's, it's I think the best teaching of DFS there is. If I said it's $115, oh now give it to me. Like I mean, like what did,
0: Well,
2: so, come on. Uh, psychologically, uh, psychologically it makes sense. People like to feel like they're getting a deal, right? Like it's not about it's not actually about the ten dollars. It's the same reason why why Walmart does things like a rollback to 398 instead of 399
1: Right, but they but they're a discount brand
2: sure luxury uh, and
1: brands don't do that.
2: that's what i just said about bastardizing your product with red bull i i agree with you i understand like from the retail standpoint people like to feel like they're getting a deal and
1: right. i'm uh, gonna go in i'm gonna get a i am i'm gonna get a, a ferrari and then go in and go okay how much is the Ferrari? Uh, Two hundred and seventy thousand dollars. it's like uh do you have a do you have a 50 coupon like <laughs> Like, uh, can I get you have fifty dollar promo code? Can I get
2: more? Well, can I get fifty dollars off my first get gallon of gas? Right. Um, or whatever. Yeah. No, right. Is I, that going to make
1: that much of a difference in a? Ferrari
2: I mostly agree with you. I, I think that uh, luxury products absolutely, and, and I would consider uh, Theory DFS, the, especially the the advanced course, a, a luxury product. I don't think that it's necessary to put that kind of stuff on luxury products, but it's it's also not something that you can deny people feeling like they're getting a deal or getting in good or whatever when they use coupon code like that's that's just retail yeah, it's like,
1: but that's not the type of person someone should understand that that like you said it should be it's 2500 so you're really already getting a massive value no i
2: i absolutely and i will be shoving that in people's faces when we do release this that right. it this is, is it, a, our, our,
1: tar- our target date right now is uh august twenty second. august 27th yeah. right I, I i was gonna record i, I i've outlined everything I was going to record this past week, but uh, last week, but I ended up, I had a sore throat and allergy stuff and phlegm and whatever. And I, I, I barely, I barely did the MMA show last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'll be taking care of that. So I'm also going away for three days. Want to make sure everything's good before NFL season. Yeah. So August 27th, that's, that's the Monday. I mean, and you'll come on on Monday and we'll mm-hmm. talk about <clears throat> Yeah, we also understand these tools and this course. You need all the other things as well. Mm -hmm. So like this, like just like in the first course, we we have an entire chapter on what projections are. Yeah, like just a a basic, almost a a ninety-minute statistics class. But it doesn't. It will not teach you how to build a projection model. Or just like this is what projection models do. Okay, so like in order to understand the theories and then use the app and apply it. You still need projections. You still need ownership figures. If you don't have ways of figuring that out, like you, you can build your own. You can do that yourself. Right. If you want, you can do it in your head. I tell people it's like, Oh, well, I don't want to use that. Just assign a number to a player. Mm -hmm. Right. You go in a football. So uh, David Montgomery, give him a number 15. Okay, fine. Now give someone in there, give uh give uh uh, uh Aaron Jones a number 17. okay like you you are projecting them you know, obviously that's a completely imprecise way of doing it like just get the get the people down to numbers and once you get it down to numbers then you don't have to worry about the people anymore then you could do all this whatever numbers there are they are it's your job to, to try to beat the most accurate type of numbers so I would suggest you sign up for roto grinders so you can get those projections so you could use a tool like lineup hQ to supplement those types of things, right? You could build, you could build an optimizer like James, for instance, we will have as one of the Excel tools, a simple optimizer, which is basically what our, the sidebar here is at Roto grinders. So basically just, you have your player pool and knapsack problem. What's the, what's the best lineup out of this pool type of thing. So you'll be able to, Take whatever projections and ownership that you have, or whatever anything, paste it in, and then simply make, you know, what's an optimized lineup type of thing. And if you want to remove people and go, well, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna remove this guy, so you're you, you delete that row, and then you you can press the optimizer again. But like you could build an entire optimizer just like Lineup HQ. I wouldn't do it in Excel; it'd be very slow. But you could, you could build it on your own. But like, if you're going to build 20 lineups, and th- like we, we were talking before about building 300 lineups at a time. I could build 300 lineups in less than a minute in lineup HQ, depending on the settings. So imagine you trying to do that yourself in Excel. You can't. Most people aren't. Anyone that needs tools like this in Excel doesn't have the skills to actually build a full-fledged mm-hmm. a DFS optimizer in Excel. To begin with, you, 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 don't, you don't even need these tools anymore. So like this is, these things are compatible and companions to subscribing to a site like Roto grinders. Right. So combo premium for all the sports or NFL is coming up to you. MLB, NFL, NBA, click on that link in the description. You don't need to get $10 off the first month, but we'll give it to you. Right. If, if it's worth it, this, these are the tools that I use. So just understand that these, these, these Excel tools are not replacing Anything that you'd be doing, they're supplemental, they're efficiency tools. They're for you to be more precise, for you to not catch your own mistakes, those types of things, but in and of themselves, like in order to paste in lineups, you need a way to make lineups, right? Mm -hmm. And like, like you could hand build them and then, you know, export your DK entries file, but, but most likely you're going to be using this in, in tandem with, with lineup HQ, or or a relevant optimizer.
2: Yep, that's exactly right. I I think that um, you know, li- line HQ, and that's what I use as well when I'm going to be building out MME. Like I I have pater but I don't have an optimizer over pater because I don't think that I could build an optimizer, and I have tried. I I have tried to build one for NBA, but I think that Roto Grinders provides a terrific product for what you can get and for the amount of money that you have to pay for it. So even though I own my own site. I like I build models for everything, but I still like to use roto grinders and especially lineup HQ to actually build out my lineup sets and actually do the calculations and everything like that. Cause they just do a terrific job.
1: So just, just like in in NBA projections, I can build an NBA projection model. Yeah, Not sure about MLB because MLB, I, I, there's no way I get as good as Cardi. Uh, But our basketball projections here, like if I were to build a model, it would probably end up being about the same as like, like NBA projections are not, are not difficult are, are probably the easiest to model. And it's just a matter of putting in the right minutes and everything. As long as you, you're doing that, you're probably on the right track. Why the hell would I spend all that time to do that when I could just subscribe to Run riders Right. Right. So like that, it comes down to that type of thing. NFL, like if, if the types of people that are, that are sitting there going is, are our projections worth it? Is it is buying projections worth it? It's like, well, can you do it? Well, if, you, if, if you're not instantly saying, if you don't instantly have your own model, then it's worth it. Right. I don't think people understand because people have asked me, they probably asked you before, can you teach me how to build my own? And I go, why, what, it, the, the cost, I, it would the time it would take for me to teach you and for you to do it from scratch and then also pay me to teach you just it, we already have uh, items out there. It's like, well, is I think I could, uh, can you build one that's better? It's like, it's not a matter of building one that's better. It's that how much better is it versus the time and the cost that you put in
2: here? Here's what I usually will tell people when they ask me now. I say, if you want to build a projection model, you should build it for fun. And and I, and it is fun. I, I thoroughly enjoy building models. Otherwise I would not do it, but I have taken 10 years to get as good as I am at what I do. And if you want to just like do it off the cuff, that's great. You should go and you should do it and have fun. And you know, maybe I'll put together some products, maybe for the NFL season, I'll put together a course over on Patreon on how to build a, a basic NFL model that you can use for yourself. Right. But it's likely not going to be better than what you can get for the time investment and for the money that you're going to be spending to just go to Roto grinders and just get a subscription and just use theirs. Cause that's what a lot of the best players in the world are doing too. So like it, it it, it comes down to what your goals are with DFS and in coaching sessions, I always say it. I start with, what are your goals? If your goal is to make a little bit of money on the side, that's great. If your goal is to be very profitable, then you have a different path. But if you just want to play to have fun, that it's very different and you should just be doing things for fun. But if you want to like make money, just good, just be efficient. Just be efficient with what you're doing. That's the, the best starting point.
1: And talking about coaching, uh, if you're, if you sign up for Roto Grinder's premium, uh, you get uh, access to my blenders game theory channel. And I do mm-hmm. a two, three, sometimes four a month private coaching sessions in a, in a group environment. Uh, and, uh, the next one is tonight, hey. uh, 8 PM Eastern. So, uh, the link will be posted in there uh, five minutes before we I have a form to fill out. If you want to participate, uh, ask questions and via video. And it's, it's your own private. It's like, it's like, it's almost like a, it's not, not like an AA meeting, but it has that type of, that type of vibe. <laughs> right. Right. Eight to 10 people, typically, or whatever. And it's just like, who wants to go first? And then you can feel free to share your screen, ask whatever you and Personalized help, anything you want. It's, a, it's it doesn't cost extra. It's a value, just something I enjoy doing. So the next one is tonight. And James, uh, people can check out your stuff at paydirtdfs.com.
2: Yeah, paydirtdfs.com. Um, if you have not been following around along, I've been posting the MLB Travers Report uh every single day. It's free. It highlights some guys that are uh that are good leverage and and likely to regress based on a new metric that I have for the baseball season. So that's free. Go check that out. Otherwise, uh grab a subscription. It's, again like every single sport and you can utilize it all with roto grinders as well so um definitely use it as an add-on and yeah a lot of cool stuff coming up so
1: later today uh five o'clock eastern uh uh, grinders live dean dean's back dean's back with the boys for grinders live and crunch time uh immediately afterwards uh uh, let's see is there any any, oh there's some weather spots this is Baltimore, Philadelphia, so okay. so Roth will be back with the the weather report and everything leading you up to lock for the MLB baseball slate. Give me those thumbs ups on your way out the door. Give me the thumpy thumbs helps us out. Uh, there will be no Monday show next week, just to let people know. I'll let people know on Friday also. Uh, I'll be I'll be away for the I'll be I'll be away Friday. There'll be no show Friday, Saturday, and obviously Saturday, Sunday, and no show Monday. So uh, the no M, no MMA this week for me. Uh, so it's just programming notes while I'm here. And uh and yeah, so uh, I'll be I'll be back on tomorrow to, to go over what what the review what happened this past uh, the tonight uh for MLB and then answer your DFS strategy questions, like I always do, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.
0: <laughs>